Hey everybody, Bill Wadman here. Uh, you know, I've been in New York City for almost 20 years, and I've come to realize in the last six months or so that I have met dozens and dozens of fascinating people. I, and you know, I'm fortunate enough to call some of them uh, my friends. And I thought it would be kind of interesting to put together a show, a little interview podcast, where I occasionally brought in a friend of mine and just talked about their life and what they do and, and how they see the world. Uh, thought might be interesting for you guys as well as myself. So uh, here we go. This is, uh, I think it might be called Pals with Bill Wadman. I don't know. We're going to, we're going to test that out. But uh, this first episode is with Francisco Graciano, 13 year alumni traveling the world with Paul Taylor Dance Company, as well as being an amazing photographer, especially backstage dance photography, which is something that uh, not a lot of people get access to. So just a little audio note before we start. Uh, I had a strange dropout on Cisco's mic for about 30 seconds, about halfway in and and right towards the end. Uh, I, so, but they were such great moments, I didn't want to cut them out. So I pieced it together using sort of the crosstalk onto my mic. I apologize for the audio quality of those moments, but uh, they were such good things that he was saying that I, I, I didn't want to cut them. So uh, I hope you enjoy this uh, conversation with Cisco. Let's get into it. All right. So I met you, God, now, 2009? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. even though I was friends with friends of yours for a couple of years before that, we met in 2009, uh-huh. working on that, that first motion project of mine. Right. But at the time, you were already a dancer at Taylor for... Uh, yeah, I started with Taylor, the, with the main company in 06, and uh, the second company in 04. So like, I was already there for whatever, seven years or not. I can't do math. What am I saying? Five years. Five years. <laughs> God, see, it's, it's, uh, no, I remember connecting with you cause, <clears throat> um, you know, I was really, I was really into your, into your motion thing. And, right. and I, Iran spoke really highly. Actually, Parisa, um, you did, you did Parisa's portrait also. She said something that. nice about me. She did. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Super. Um, uh. so, <laughs> So, but I, I remember connecting because it was shortly, I think it was less than a year after my dad had died. Okay. And I think we had a quick, like, bonding moment of, sure, of after course, that because yeah. my dad died in July 08. And I must have met you in, like, summer of 09. Yeah, it was or something. Like April or May of 09 yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. And then when, when, was the, <laughs> when was the dance belt scene? Was that, like, a second? Because I had already known Heather at that point. Yeah, that was to. That been, was a second motion. That was some other thing. thing. Oh, that was when uh, you came in. Uh, you and Trustnovek came in to do these weird things that I never finished. Oh, that's what it was. It wasn't the motion. Yeah, thing. no, I was yeah, going to use the those st- for something the, else. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we were like, strongman thing. That was super cool. Right? Isn't that funny. That was so um, funny. I love that story. All right, for those of you who who are catching <laughs> up right now, uh, I have Francisco Graciano here. Hola. Uh, who is uh, a friend, old friend of mine now? I guess eight years yeah. is what we just figured out. Um, uh, up until very recently, uh, one of the principal dancers at Paul Taylor Dance mm-hmm. Company, which is what now Paul Taylor Modern. Or is it Paul still Taylor. Like, what, it's what, Paul what, Taylor American Modern Dance. A Paul Taylor American Modern Dance is the umbrella for Paul Taylor Dance Company and whoever okay. other, right. else they want to bring. There's in. like vernacular things, like la- it's like exactly. a burrito, right? <laughs> Layered. <laughs> Speaking my language. Yeah. <laughs> um, which uh, and and the joke here is that uh, Francisco <laughs> is from uh, Texas. Right. Uh, are both of your parents Mexican? Or my just your my dad was Mexican. My mom was from Michigan, and uh, we 
I grew up with the Mexican culture because my my father was he was actually mariachi, and um, so I grew up with all the songs. My sisters were in folkloric um, dancing. I have a half sister and a half brother, and then a full blooded sister. But <clears throat> anyway, we were surrounded by the Mexican culture my whole life right. growing up. So I'm half Mexican. And it's it, okay. So it's interesting. You're you <laughs> professional modern dancer for 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Degree in dance. Yeah, we'll get to it in a second. But like. I can't imagine that Texas is the place where oh, most men want to become well, dancers. This is, I love this story because, um, I don't know if I've told you this already. When the reason I got into dance is it was, um, Hispanic Heritage Month in San Antonio and there was a, a duet going on with, um, uh, Evelyn Cisneros and some other guy. And they, they were doing this, what I know today is a pot of dough. They were just a duet, you know? Yeah. And the woman, the man was standing still with his feet, you know, slightly apart, shoulder distance apart. And the woman was just climbing on top of him. And then they started doing all this crazy partnering stuff. And I just blurted out, I want to do that. And my dad, who is Wait, how Mexican, old were you at the time? Not, uh, nine. Okay. Probably actually probably eight. Cause I can rolled and dance that fall. Um, but my, my dad, who was the Mexican American said, you need ballet for that. So what's significant about the story is that in San Antonio, it, it's considered sissy to wear shorts. Right. That's so what I'm saying. putting yeah. your son in a ballet class, <laughs> right, is like unheard of in like nineteen what it was it eighty five. Like the ballsy why would you do that? There, yeah. Well, he was uh, he was incredibly supportive, right? I, and you know, I, he was always there for me. Do you, um, do you think that the? I mean, this is a larger question, perhaps for a, another time. But like, yeah. do you think that the, the the support of your parents, or in this case, your father specifically, in this mm-hmm. in this way? Did that that gave you a confidence throughout your career that that you know I mean not a confidence but like this sort of like oh but my dad said it was okay at the beginning so you know it was like a, a boost you know what I mean like yeah. an initial yeah. sort of like pushing pushing the the bike and then you can start pedaling yeah you know I mean? that kind of thing. yeah totally well I'm I just I was always grateful to them growing up my dad who showed so much support I just wanted to I just wanted to make him proud. Right. And he was always there for me to, you know, if I was having a, if I was having a down moment, he'd, he'd be the one to pick me up. Right. My mother, um, worked at the studio where we took dance class. Oh, really? So, so I could, so she could pay for our classes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait, so Which, other people in your family took classes too? Yeah. My, my sister took class. So I think she paid for my sister's classes or she got a discount or something, but mine was paid for because my mother worked at the studio because we were, you know, we were dirt broke. Right, right, so, right. All the time. I mean, this is similar. <clears throat> my uh, uh, my mother paid for music school mm-hmm. for a chunk of Berkeley because my father wouldn't pay anything more than he was paying for UConn. And when I want to go to Berkeley, oh. it was like you know two or three times as much. Yeah. And he's like, "You can go, but I'm not paying for it." Dude, really? Yeah. Wow. And 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 my mother actually paid out of her income working uh, a big chunk of my college thing. You know, without wow. my father involved. So. In wow, a similar man. way, we had mothers who, like, you know, yeah, yeah, you mothers, know, went out on the line a little bit. To, right. to, of course, you actually had a professional career in what you went. To <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not a bad musician. Um, <laughs> okay, so 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 you go, you take ballet. Did you like ballet from the get go? Totally, and I think what my dad respected too was that it was athletic. He, yeah. he you know, he saw the, that there's a certain coordination, a beauty, um, you know, being a a mari- You know, he was an artist also yeah. in his own way. So. Um, but but for me it was really I, I connected with it immediately because I 
I was, I loved sports, but I was terrible at it. My dad was really good about working with me. He was really patient. Yeah. But I it's all, it's all football sucked, down man. there, right? It's a lot of football, man. Yeah. Too much football. <laughs> Why? <clears throat> Why? I don't know, man. Texas, they, some of those te- high school stadiums are like bigger than NFL stadiums. No, up they're north. crazy. They spend so much money. They, they put so much money into high school football. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's like a cult down there. Okay. So you're taking it. And of course, there's like, you know, you wear shorts, you're a sissy. Yeah, How yeah. How does this go over tights. when you're in middle school and oh, high school? I, dude, I got picked on so much. I, w- I went to um, this elementary school. Um, I guess I started when I was in fourth grade. <clears throat> and I went to this elementary school, and I got picked on a lot. And then I moved schools. Um, we were going to a private school, and then I moved to the public school system in like the middle of sixth grade. Yeah. And didn't tell anybody. And I didn't tell anyone until my junior year in high school. And you'd run off after school and go take ballet yeah, classes. Yeah, actually, my, a friend of mine, a friend of mine um, used to cover for me and be like, oh, Cisco has to go. He's got mime class. That was the, that was the mime, joke? Mime class. Yeah. Did he ever ask you to mime as like a no. thing? Okay. Yeah. Prove it. Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, see, yeah. let's see your mime Let's see your box. Yeah. <laughs> Here, pull this rope. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so, which is funny because you think, I mean, at a certain, in, in a lot of places... And not to get whatever, but like, yeah, yeah. You could imagine, like, for some women, because you know you like girls, of course. Th- that 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 like that could have been uh, an angle. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a dancer. Uh, yeah, you know, you didn't think about it, or it wasn't it just wasn't mm, worth the the hassle? No, it just it it just never occurred to me. Okay, I mean, I was just right. too involved in like trying to be a better dancer, right, you right, know, right, and right. like working. Working my butt off. And, okay, so you know. you, do, and you're performing a lot during like the, those years, or is it like the um, annual stuff for the for the school? Is it like yeah, it's mostly just the annual stuff, like the Nutcracker. I you know I did right. five hundred Nutcrackers, whatever it was. So what like age did does. you say? You know what? Even when I graduate from high school, I'm going to figure out a way to keep doing this. Well, I did, actually I didn't I didn't want to. I wanted to go into acting, so I I applied to all these schools for acting, and I got a lot of scholarships and some funding, but I didn't get enough. But the school I went to uh, for dance was, um, uh, they offered me a free ride. So it was women's college. So right, 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 right. women's college that I went to. Which is a whole other Stevens College. Where, <laughs> yeah, where right. is that? I'm going to need another hour and a half. Uh, in Columbia, Missouri. Wow. Texas yeah. to Missouri. Yeah, it was really not much different other than there were more trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those people were the same, yeah. Right. So, okay. So they um, gave you a free ride. So you're like, yeah, I'll go dance. Yeah. It was three years, two summers. School. I was going to have my BFA. And by the time I was 20 and my plan was, you know, I'd, I'll go back to college and study acting and which is, which is my first passion right. at some point, you know, I transitioned what I, you know, where my passions were and, <clears throat> and, um, but instead, uh, my senior year in, in college, I, I realized that I was really hooked into this dance thing and, um, I was young, I was 20. So why not go to New York or right. do something? Actually, I enrolled in grad school, which was stupid, but I just decided to go to New York instead because I wanted to dance with a major company. And, you know, um, I was young, like why, why give it up? I'm, I was, right. I thought I was pretty good at it. I exhibited some talent. So I did you to have good teachers out. in college? Were they, were they yeah. good professors? Yeah. Okay. I, had, I had really good. Cause really that's good always talent. the question, right? Yeah. Like, and, and did they say to you where they were like, you know what? You're really good. You should actually really try to do this. Um, is that a thing you that know, happens in the dance world? Cause I know it happens in the music world, right? Where there's like the yeah. people who come in and go, look, Cisco, you really do have it. 
Yeah. I know all these other people are here. I know they all want to be pros. Yeah. But I think not it happens everyone can be pros. I feel like that happens more in the music world. Okay. Based on the stories that I've heard, I don't hear a lot of professor, dance professors telling students that, you know, get out of here and go. It's you never going to happen, a- Jane, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but students, def- there, there's been many cases, just like um, like musicians, where um, students will go to an audition yeah. and they get a job. They're, they've still got two more years to finish in college, but they, you know, they Run put off it off until later, it. you know, because, yeah, they have a professional career. Well, you got to think that, I mean, in some ways, and I know we'll get to this later, like more advanced degrees for like teaching and stuff. But yeah. but as far as, bat- I mean, you're doing your bachelor, so you're training, you're kind of in this little cordoned off world. Yeah. But ultimately the job is to get a gig. Mm-hmm. So if you do get yeah. a gig, why not jump off and take it? Like what does the degree yeah. get you that yeah. you're not getting the degree to try to get? You know what I mean? Exactly. A, a BFA in dance is, comp- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, probably going to get a lot of like flack for this but yeah. bfa and dance is kind of useless yeah i mean really people just want to know that you can dance right they just want to see you dance so yeah. <clears throat> um i think it's i think where it becomes useful is if you want to go back to school and get an mfa right and a lot of places if you you know if you apply to <clears throat> if you're trying to get a, a real job quote real job right it looks better if you have a, a college degree of course. So, yeah. yeah. So that's and, why people do it. Yeah. And, you know, let's be honest, like concert dancing isn't the most secure yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like having a job somewhere else, some sort of backup. Um, yeah. I mean, a couple of your old uh, coworkers never got a degree, never yeah. had dance degrees, right? They just yeah, sort of fell yeah. into this or yeah, they, degrees in similar they started. They started dancing professionally basically right out of high school. Which is crazy if you really think about it. They're babies at that age. I know. Well, they started, uh, these, these two people in particular i'm thinking of yeah. um they um they were in the ballet world and, and, oh, and ballet you usually start when you're young and then <clears throat> you retire at like 30 31 maybe mid 30s right um a lot of the you know major stars even go until like their late 30s yeah but um but it's it's very different because when you're in a modern dance company a lot of modern dancers like the taylor company everyone's older than 30 except for a couple of guys in the company yeah yeah um, so it's very, it's a very different world. So they could start, you know, they could start having a professional company. Yeah. You, um, you could do ballet for a while. And if you never really hit in ballet, it's yeah. like, I can do modern. Cause that's, cause I'm still like under yeah. 30. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, little sidebar mm-hmm. for those of us who aren't dance people. Yeah. Sorry. I'm give us, give shop. us the, what is the, I mean, uh, give us the distinction between what somebody would say is ballet and what somebody would say is modern dance. Now, I will yeah. say that I have seen dozens of performances by you and mm. our common friends. Uh-huh. There are some tailored dances that are very balletic yeah, in, sure. in just the style and structure and, and technique. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so give me the two minute version of, of the distinction between all this stuff. Two minutes. Okay. Uh, ballet dancers generally are wearing shoes. There's a set codified uh, terminology that they, you know, are sort of, um, the choreographers in that in that mode give them so there are certain moves in ballet that are ballet moves and people don't stray from stray from that very much um okay, okay. slightly more formal that's maybe? how i answer that i don't okay. know okay I mean, Fair enough. yeah it's, it's slightly more formal um choreographically speaking ballet is usually um uh the, the reason people i think the reason modern dance sort of um evolved was because 
people wanted to express themselves emotionally and abstractly. And ballet was uh, was there to tell a lot of stories, like the classical stories, like fairy tales and you know Swan Lake and Giselle and all these things. Yeah. And there here come these dancers. Uh, here c- come along these dancers who who all of a sudden are saying, "No, you know what? I want to." To express what it's like to be a tree or whatever, okay, yeah, yeah. you know, or I so want to play did this happen. Give me a, this me was a... like early 20th century, late, uh, 19th century. Um, you have people like Nijinsky, Isidore Duncan, um, later Martha Graham, Jose Labone. Okay. Um, and those folks and, and they're, they're starting to develop their own personal style and, yeah. and the way they move. So you could go to, um, uh, you could go to the Martha Graham school and train in, how to do her dances and then you can go to the Lamone school and train with how to do his dances because if you're coming from Graham training you go right to Lamone it's you have there's a little there is some training that has to take place interesting so, yeah okay yeah it's it's really interesting it's something I've been thinking about a lot too and it's also interesting because I mean the guy <clears throat> you used to work for who is now how old is Paul now 67 no, what am I taking? <laughs> Sorry, eighty-seven. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I was thinking, yeah, yeah. He's been year. so he's been around forever. In some mm-hmm. ways, sort of like the last of that generation of. Yeah, he's considered the last of the modern dance pioneers, the major right. people. Like, yeah, and you know, it's interesting. I've heard all these stories from you guys about how how much overlap there was in modern dance in that time with visual arts and yeah. with music, yeah. like that these people all worked with each other and know, you'll have some famous artist design the costumes for your thing or the, or right. the backdrop for whatever you're doing. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's like, does that stuff happen still or is it's, it? It's happening more recently. I think in the last four or five years where yeah. artists are collaborating with choreographers. Right. I think, um, I think it was happening a lot in the, in academia because those, you know, like usually oh, yeah. in MFA you're required to sort of work with do some collaborative, collaborative yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, They're coming to get us, by the way. Oh God, they found me! <laughs> oh, God, I knew I knew this podcast was going to go yeah. awry at some point. Uh, so yeah, it's happening a lot more often. But also then it was like the world of New York artists was smaller. So you know, like Jasper Johns and my boss Paul Taylor and Bob Rauschenberg and Merce Cunningham, they were all hanging out in the same cafe together and talking about and they, what we the could time do next. they didn't have any money and the time they had nothing. Yeah. So right. they just wanted to make work. And now they're, you know, Bob Rauschenberg's paintings are, you know, whatever yeah, millions of dollars, of millions or, dollars. Yeah. Whatever. Um, which is funny because, um, you know, I, just a side note, um, yeah. you know, I, I think I've told you the story about Paul owning some of Bob's Bob Rauschenberg's right. yeah, yeah, work. Yeah. 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 And how now, is that um, like? Oh, he gave him a birthday gift when they were twenty-eight. Like I that think kind he of just thing? gave him something. He gave him a lot, actually. He designed stuff for uh, for certain dances, but right. there's a <clears throat> there's a series of of Rauschenberg's um, called I think they're, they're mud paintings or something. Okay. They're all different sizes, and <clears throat> apparently, like none of them sold or something. It didn't go well at all. And so Bob gave Paul one of his. You want one of these? Yeah. You know. <clears throat> It's now worth some sort of million dollar. Yeah, right, right, yeah, right, right, right. It, it, it's in, and but those were those were guys who were just hanging out, and, right? You know, let's yeah. play, let's mess around. Like, who cares what um, New York Times says or whatever? Because right. now it's like we're held to these certain standards, as opposed. I just feel like 
you're held to the standards that got built up over decades for right. the people who are the pioneers in what you do. Yeah. In the yeah. same way as photography. I mean, sure, Eccleston yeah. walks into MoMA and like, right. gets a show the next week or whatever it is. Like, this doesn't happen anymore, yeah, right? Yeah, crazy. Um, all right, so uh, little Cisco gets <laughs> off the bus with little a duffel Cisco. bag over his shoulder at Port Authority. Much, basically, that's how it happened. Is that really kind of... Yeah, I had I had one suitcase. And now I have a, a room full of stuff I can't even fit in. Right, okay. So, so, you, <laughs> so you, you're there... You got your duffel bag over your shoulder. You show up in New York City, and the big bad world eats you up, or you get a job the first day off the bus. I was, man, I was, I was like, I was really hardcore. I knew two people who lived in New York, and they neither of them knew anyone. And I had stayed with my friend who uh, had just graduated with me. He was a he was a theater major, and he had a studio on Fortieth and Dyer Avenue. And I stayed in that studio for three weeks with him, and then I got a sublet in Astoria. But that whole time I was, I was up every morning. I was pounding the pavement. I was trying to take, I was either taking class or I was looking for a, just a, a job, you know, like right. a gig. And, um, I worked for Bell Atlantic mobile. I sold mobile phones. I actually used to work in the world trade center kiosk. Really? Yeah. I was an awesome salesman. I was great. <laughs> I was really good. You I sold Horatio Sands. I sold Horatio Sands' first phone. Did I ever tell really? You that? Yeah. No. Yeah. I was, was throwing he... out the thing and he's like, he, you know, he, I, sold him like the best phone and yeah, like yeah. the most expensive plan or whatever. And, and I start filling out his name and I said, okay, what do you work? What's yours? Your yeah. employer expect to check their credit before. And, uh, he goes, Oh, NBC. I was like, Oh, cool. What do you do? He's like, I'm an actor. Oh, really? What do you want? I'm on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> really? <laughs> Obviously I had not You're watched like, Saturday, I Night I Live Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah. But I sold him his first phone. It was kind of cool. Anyway, right. <laughs> I was a good salesman. And then I was, and then I got, I enrolled in the Ailey school for the, <clears throat> I moved here in, in the fall of 99 and I enrolled in the Ailey school, um, uh, for the semester of 2000. Okay. So how does that work? So <clears throat> Ailey has a company, right? Alvin Ailey is a major modern dance right. company and they have a school. And do all of them do that? Is this like the money-making thing or is this the way it works in sort of almost like a, uh, medieval guild kind of thing where like you have a school <laughs> right. that people buy into and the good people from that bubble up kind of, is that the I, idea? Yeah. I, I don't think that I, I think they're trying to, I, I don't want to speak for them, but yeah. the model, it, it's apparent that the model is there to, was there originally to nurture and train dancers, um, not necessarily to join the Ailey company, but just train them and, you know, push them right. forward and you just chug out dancers. You know? Yeah. And all these companies <clears throat> do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. The okay. Ailey school has a really great, um, it's got a great program. Yeah, why'd you choose them? They, two reasons. One, I just, I loved Ailey. I thought they were great. Yeah. I knew I could get, if I was at the Ailey school, I could get really good training, but I mean, I thought I had good training. There was some stuff that I really lacked. Okay. And what I saw in the Ailey school, I realized I could get if I was there for a semester. So, um, um, so I did it for a semester. But I also realized this is, I don't know anyone in New York. I don't know any of the dancers in New York. Yeah. I need to like make my connection. So I was 21 and I enrolled in the Ailey school, met a lot of people and circuitous in some like circuitous way. I ended up getting, um, an audition for a job that got me my first, my first job with a company, um, with a company. Okay. And, um, it was all like, because I knew someone who went to the Ailey school, they set, set me up and yeah. introduced me to somebody who told me about this audition who, you know, right, right, I went right. to the audition and you know, like yeah. I never. Yeah. And you, like, I think most people will imagine a dance audition as something akin to watching a chorus line. 
<laughs> right? Like we're getting yeah, up yeah. here and somebody gets up and go, and it's like this, five, six, seven, eight, right? And like, follow along, keep up. Exactly. You have Mexican guy in the background. Get over here. You're out of here. Is that how it is? They're all different. Okay. I went to one in the one the one that I I thought was really funny was Hubbard Street. I auditioned for them when I was in college. They're a company in Chicago. Okay. And I I went to Chicago to 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 audition for them for their second company actually. And there's a room full of, I don't know, like a hundred dancers at bar. We're all taking, you know, bar. And um, after every combination you would do, after every exercise. This is ballet stuff. This is ballet. Sorry, okay. we're taking a ballet class. Um, after every exercise, um, one of the directors would come up to you and say, thank you. And you would, you'd have to go. That was your, like, you were done. Okay. And wow. so, throughout, yeah, exactly. So throughout the class, the just, euphemism. it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, the class is thinning out as every combination goes by until the last combination where there was only five of us. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I'm one of the last ones. And I'm from like some nobody knows college. Well, whatever. You yeah. Know? And, um, they didn't hire me, but you know, it was this sort of like, uh, I think Lou Conti was the director at the time, but he talked to all of us and it was really nice. He was very generous, but, yeah. um, they're all different. And then there was one in the one that I, that I did for Hernando Cortez, which is fast forward to, um, the summer of 2000, that audition was learning phrases. And then he invited me to come take his class that he was teaching at Taylor, right. um, and I got in, I took free class for like two weeks or three weeks. And he basically just like watched me for three weeks develop, which was a pain in the ass. Interesting. I didn't know if I was getting the job or not. Right, right, you know, right, right. just kind of, right. um, <clears throat> but eventually it worked out because I got the job and he, he worked me really hard and it was like one of the best experiences of my life because I got, I got the experience and I got, you know, I got yeah. someone, a mentor who really believed in me, who wanted to like, you know take time and spend a spend time and attention on me. Um, and I, I, I thank him every day for giving me that. So how many companies <clears throat> have you been in, in your time in New York? Um, in any sort of formal way? Yeah. You know, formally. I mean, because there's a lot of pickup companies, sure, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so the yeah. members change, but like Cortez and company and then, uh, well, Ben Monastery dance company and then Cortez and company and then, um, Pascal Ryu. Okay. And then, and then Taylor too. Okay, so so you're going through all of those. Yeah, you're making enough money doing these things, or are you working no, on the side? No, I'm, I'm working. You got side hustles. I was working actually when I was with Ailey. This is crazy. I don't. I, when I think about it, I can't believe I did it. I was working about forty hours a week at Applebee's on Forty Second okay, sure. Street. Yeah, <clears throat> and I was taking fifteen classes a week at Ailey and doing work study for them. Holy cow! I had. I, I don't know sleep. how I. I really, honestly, don't know how I did it. How did you schedule the work stuff around all those classes? I would go right after class to to uh, the restaurant, so dance in the morning or whatever it is, and go in at the lunch shift. Yeah, or it was. Swing. Yeah, it was awful. And then work <clears throat> Saturdays and Sundays. Um, I had no. I don't know how I did it, dude. Yeah, but I you really, look at it now and go, "Wow, look how much stuff I got done in the yeah, years yeah, that I, I did so. that." I guess so. But I was making peanuts. You know, I could right. barely afford my rent, and um, <clears throat> and then once I left Applebee's, which was like. I don't know, summer of 2000, um, just a bunch of odd jobs. I would go for an interview and, um, they'd look at my resume and I'd have like five different listings of employers in the right, last right. like 
four months or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, They'd yeah. be like, what is what is this? And I'd have to explain to them, well, I'm a dancer. And, you know, if I get a gig, like, sorry, I'm gone. I'm out of here. You know, yeah, they don't want even to if that. it's like a week and I can't. You know, I, but dance was the most important thing sure, to me. That's yeah. why I came to New York, you know. Right, right. <clears throat> I'm not going to come to New York to just to work at an Applebee's. Right, right, know? right, right. Um, so and, I took the risk. And you didn't start with Taylor until 2004, 2004? Uh, yes, okay. actually January 2004. Okay. So in those four years, you were dancing for these smaller companies. You were doing, was there, were there periods where you were like, this ain't going to happen? Oh, yeah, man. Okay. Ultimate, lots of, ultimate depression. Was it lots of up and down or was it just sort of this slow sort of slog of like, oh, this just isn't happening? Yeah, and it was both. It was okay. a lot of up and down. I'd get like really good opportunities. I got to work with Robert Wilson twice and got to know him really well. He's a uh, he's a major <clears throat> director of opera. Okay. And um, he's very well known and very well respected, um, often feared by singers and everybody else who isn't a dancer. Right. But... Um, but he and I got along really well, and and I did his opera, an opera of his in two thousand one, and he loved me. And then he asked me to come do Aida and in Brussels, and he, they flew me flew out for over. that, which was awesome. I was the only American dancer, and um, <clears throat> and it was crazy because I got to know him more. We 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 lived across the way from the theater, right? If I ever told you this, <clears throat> and um, I had my own studio, and he lived in the studio above me, and we had like. A couple of days where we just like hang out and drink wine and i'm like i'm sitting here with bob wilson yeah. the bob wilson and we're just like shooting it you know yeah yeah, yeah we're yeah. talking about art he's telling me like that one's from bali that's from whatever because he's got all his artifacts all over the place everybody's just somebody right everyone's just yeah, a person he's just a guy you yeah, know yeah. it was cool it was, i think the fancier the people are the more levels of veneer and safety they have before they let you into the inner sanctum as it were yeah yeah you know that kind sure. of thing and Definitely. i'm sure in your world there's people who are just like Oh my God, that guy is such an a hole, or that woman totally. is such a whatever. Yeah. And then some people are like, "Well, I never had a problem with her. Like we got along just yeah. fine." Yeah, absolutely. Lots of that. Yeah, and because I mean, people, I, I I just think, I don't know. This is a stupid phrase, but people are people, and yeah. they're you know they get along with if you're in a position of rehearsal director or choreographer, or director, or whatever. Um, you get along with certain temperaments than others while you're working. Yeah. So. <clears throat> I think it. I think um, you could get a different impression from someone if you're if you're just your temperament is different. Right, right, right. But then you could go out and have a drink with them, and it's like you know they're they're super fun. And you guys get along really well. Right, 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 yeah. right. And okay, so you get in Taylor too, which is like the. How do they describe the like the the second company of these places? Is it is it like there's too many shows for the primary company to do, so we have a smaller secondary company no, that goes well, and does smaller shows? Like what is what is of. the what is the way they think it's, about it? Um, the, it was started because. Um, Paul wanted his work to be shown to smaller audiences and um, he wanted the model of it to look the first incarnation of Taylor to, to look like his first company of dancers. So there were only six there's still only six dancers in Taylor two and they, <clears throat> they perform the same works, but um, if say they're doing a 13 person dance, somehow they have to work it out so that it's only six people so you're when you're in taylor two you're doubling tripling up on roles um okay so it's not simplifying the choreography as correct. much as it is yeah. trying to make it work with less people yeah with less people in smaller spaces and there's a lot of there's a lot of outreach you're doing a lot of residencies you're teaching a lot and, now does that end up being like a triple a team for the main company a lot of times yeah and usually there's kind of like a primer so like they'll go to a city where the company is going to have a big show 
and they'll like do a big residency and you know they'll do like if we're doing piazzola last look art and court they'll do rep from these these uh oh, dances okay. and they'll set sometimes they'll set rep um and then so the community has an idea of oh like I've had an experience with Piazzolla or yeah, yeah, yeah. which I think is it's a great model. It's right. really I've seen Esplanade. Let's go see it with the with the, with the with main, the main company. company. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're really kind of like an ambassador for the company, which right, I think right, is right. Um, awesome. And and of course, there's <clears throat> merit involved in all of this. Obviously, you uh-huh. have to be a certain level of dancer. Totally, yeah. But there's a whole lot of luck. Oh yeah, or timing. Man. Yeah, and I mean, because like <clears throat> you're there in Taylor too, and. Yeah. Mm, there happens to be an opening yeah, man. in the I, main company of somebody who like maybe fits your physical build and the right. way you dance or whatever the thing is. Or right? doesn't, but you know you're good enough to get the job. Right. But right. Paul's looking for something else. Yeah. That happens. I mean, <clears throat> and it's no it's nothing against the dancer usually. It's just Paul had I I'm not putting words in his mouth, I hope, but I think he views the his dancers like as colors on a palette you sure. know and he wants everything to coordinate and mesh and you know he likes to see people as people one of the first things you do in his audition um is walk across the floor one at a time just walk it's the most intimidating thing to do in front of yeah because how know. do you because it's the one thing you don't normally think <sighs> about but now you're thinking and about you it way too much you don't train for this you know right, nobody right. like says right. okay well, everybody it's time to walk across the floor who does that and and furthermore you're walking across the floor with one of the major pioneers of your art form. <laughs> right. That's right, right. like, yeah. One of the wow. heroes of the, of the whole thing you've been thinking about yeah. doing for years, but he wants to see people. He wants yeah. to see them. And especially that's... 15 years ago when he was still like, getting yeah, right. He's a younger man. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he was yeah. like, like serious elder with cred, but still all there. And oh yeah. Hitting yeah. It. yeah. A lot of respect. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's a lot of respect in the room and at an audition it's, you can feel it. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit tense and right. It's, it's crazy. When I when I gave the um some of the combinations, some of the phrases last year, or was it last yeah, for the last audition. Um I'd been in that room auditioning, you know, for a few times. Yeah. And so I know how nervous people get. So now you're on the other was, side. I'm you're on like, the other hey, side. Freshman. I'm like, what's going on? What's in the yeah, universe? Yeah, yeah. And, and you like, know, the first thing I Francisco. Cisco's gonna not teach that us guy. dance. Oh yeah, God, yeah. please, not him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have his poster on my wall. <laughs> I have in his poster, exactly. Uh with a big mustache and sunglasses. and glasses. <laughs> yeah. Um but the first thing I did was like, hey, what's up guys? Like, let's loosen up. Let's just blah, 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 like breathe, yeah, yeah. exhale, you know, try to just yeah, like but you know what? Flip that around. Even if you were on the other side and somebody said that, you'd be like, Oh god, oh, this <laughs> freaking guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to loosen us up. Don't you understand? This is our big <laughs> This break? is my life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. Well, that's the thing. It's like there's so few jobs for modern dancers. Right. Yeah. So few. Yeah. I mean, few, like it's 150 three. people in the world who actually make a living doing this or some ridiculous yeah, thing. Yeah. Right? I mean, in, at least in New York, I mean, yeah, it's, and so when you get in there, you don't have a job, you're, or you do have a, you don't have a, a dance job maybe. <clears throat> and you're doing all this like other stuff that is sometimes just crap and you don't right. really believe in it. And then you're working at a restaurant or you're babysitting or you're walking dogs. You're just doing a bunch of stuff you don't want to do. And then you're in the room and you're like, God, if I could get this, you know, my prayers would be answered. And, and then maybe you don't get it. And it's just like, okay, back to the grind. Ah, oh, it's so hard, man. Okay. So, 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 but sometimes the sunshine does come down. Yeah. They say, they say thank you to everyone else, but you, you're standing in the middle of the floor all alone. And they're like, yeah. Is that basically how it is? 
Uh, usually it's, um, it's, you know, there's a few people, with Paul's auditions I'll speak to, uh, there's usually only a few people left in the room who are doing the combination, and Paul will just say, it's you, or, you know, walk up to you and I'd like you to be in the main company and you would be in the second company, or, you know, it's, and then he'll give you a hug, and... And usually the whole company is there at the audition and everybody applauds and it's this big, yeah. you know, you're getting into a celebration. Family. Yeah. And, it, it, and it's gotta be, it's gotta be a little, um, I mean, that's like a life changing event for these oh, people. It's massive. Yeah. Right. I it's mean, this ma- is... and you see it on their face. You right. You see them just like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a mix between some sort of like crestfallen look and a light, like yeah. a, a late elation that, right. I can only describe by someone getting that job, and and doesn't happen all that often. I mean, there's yeah. what sixteen people in there's, the main. Well, now company? there's eighteen. Eighteen um, as people, of a little less than a year ago. There's right. 18, eighteen people in the main company. So and like a lot of them don't leave for a long time. Yeah. So it's maybe once every couple of years Very or something. You know, you, you get one of these things, right? I know, man. Um, and then you've got to now catch up and learn. 34 dances that is yeah, in the exactly. current year. Exactly. And you've never danced this style before. Right. And deal with everybody else who's been doing it for five right. plus years. So is this just like sitting in the corner for the first day, watching and jumping in when you can to like, you know, try to figure it out? Like, how do you learn this stuff? You, a lot of it is learning off of video, unfortunately. Okay. Um, you in the room with a VHS tape, rewind, play. Yeah. When I started, actually, it was VHS. Now it's, it's like DVD that. and iPads. It's on all, it's a lot of it is online, you know, okay, yeah. Vimeo channel, whatever. But, um, yeah, it's, it's you and you know, you, the way I would do it was, Hey, I'm learning, I'm going to learn Syzygy this week. Cause we're putting it together. <clears throat> uh, Rob, can you give me counts for Syzygy or talk, talk me through what it? What does that mean? What's counts? So, <clears throat> um, every movement, not every and every dance, but, right. um, in a dance, like let's say cascade, right. um, there are counts for every movement. Okay. So, you know, if I'm going to raise my hand, it, it's on eight. If I'm oh, going to okay. drop and do a head roll, it's on seven, two, three, four. And these are sort of like in the acting world beats that you have to land on. Like I know I'm yes. doing this, but these are the yeah. places I need to land it when I need to land. Exactly. On and specific par- uh, parts in the music. And then you have to, you know, like, oh, well, there's a little, there's a weird uh, right. retard in the music over here. So just pay attention to yeah. that because you're going to go one, two, three, four, one, two, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's helpful to. Is it ever that. a thing where it's like the last guy who did it? actually did it a little odd and you actually have to go back a couple of people. Yeah, that happens. Like, that happens a lot. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's like anything. It's imperfect, and, right? And he, you know, you may see him do that on one uh, videotape and then see him do it or her do it on, you know, correctly on, the, yeah, on another videotape. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, what, what am I supposed to do? I don't get That's it. That's the weird thing about music and dance, I guess are similar where it's, it's a, um, this is a recording of a performance. Yeah. Right. Where right. another performance Anything would be different. Can happen, yeah. And, and and so if there is the, this is the one performance of this dance or this work that was archived. Yeah. This is the canonical version of, you know, dance number six. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I mean, because you can't really, and, and then Paul changes stuff sometimes and he'll change. Right. <clears throat> um, or things will get cleaned. So, you know, you'll see a dance that was made you know, let's just take something like something that was made in 85. Right. And the spacing is a little unclear, but you, when you're learning it, you learn it as one thing. Like I'm on the outside of, I'm on the right side of this one person. And then you're in the studio and you're putting it together and you're in someone's way. 
and you say, but I'm on that, I'm on the right side of this person. No, you're not. You're supposed to be on the left side. I've been doing this dance for five years. Trust me. Yeah. Then you go back to a tape that was made a year ago and you say, oh, they're, that person's right. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm making up a, story, a hypothetical, yeah. but is this kind of thing happens a lot. Is it wrong or is it like the dance has changed in the last, because some of these dances the are dance, 40 years old. So it's like, I mean, the dance morphs. And again, like it gets clean, like that particular, in that particular instance, it was like, well, this dance was new and that particular part of the spacing um, hadn't really been addressed yet or they yeah, had just yeah, yeah, like yeah. put it together and yeah. they performed it right away. You yeah. know, like that stuff happens a lot. Right. And, um, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's, that is actually the, the spacing that you learn right. off the original video, but Paul's changed it. So, so then you're going like, okay, well, geez, like, right, right, how am right, I supposed right. to know what I'm doing when I come into rehearsal? Yeah. 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 You know, but that's just the way it goes with it, with a company like that. And, and how many on average, I know this is all fluctuates and stuff, but like, how many days a year were you rehearsing versus making new dances versus performing on the road? Yeah. I know you guys do like, what is it? Is it like almost three weeks at Lincoln center? Uh Typically every year. Yeah. You're on the road for what? Uh, 10 weeks a year or something like that. No, more than that. We're, um, I would say in a typical year, a good year, 30, 30 weeks at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's, that's what, that's what they, they quote the booking agent quotes. Yeah. You know, we, we have, we try to have these people on the road 30 weeks a year, have and, them out there. And you're, and, and Paul or nowadays new choreographers mm-hmm. are coming in and working with the company, yeah. Yeah. coming up with new dances. That's a certain amount of time. Is there time to it's rehearse repertoire or is that like, that's on your own time. You guys want to get together after rehearsal and yeah, that's, that's a, that's a problem. There's no time. I mean, but. They're, they I hear still there's no time to, for lunch. One of your old coworkers sometimes said to not, me the other man. day, "Yeah, it's like I didn't even have time to eat lunch." <laughs> yeah, sometimes there's not, and you're working, you're taking class at ten, you're going to rehearsal twelve to five, and you know you, there's just so much to do. So, like, let's say for instance, I think this week the company's working with Paul, so Paul will work maybe twelve to one, and then <clears throat> from one to five, you're you're putting pieces together. So uh, all the stuff that they did for the hour when Paul was there, now you're trying to figure it out or pieces of other no, stuff. No, you, you put Paul's okay. dance away and then you go to like, we're going to, we have to uh, put together the first three sections of Piazzolla today or whatever. Cause we haven't danced this in a couple of years. Let's yeah, Cause we haven't danced again. in a couple of years and there's and like there's a four new guy or a new girl exactly, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, or it's just, if a dance needs to be, is already fully cast and people are, um, people are already in it and they know yeah. it. It's just rehearsing it. So it's gotta be weird. Like sometimes you pull out something from rep and you do it and you go, wow, we have a lot of work to do on that. Oh, totally. that's gotta happen. Right. Oh yeah. We haven't done this in a few years. Whew, that feels, yeah. that's stiff. Yeah. Especially, <laughs> especially when there's new people on the cast. Cause uh, it's just, but you know, the good thing about having people around for so long is that these people have done some of these dances so many times. So it's in their bones. Yeah. They worked with people, um, who had been there for years, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. they have it passed down to them. And, yeah. you know. I, I remember uh, last season, not to get all whatever, but yeah. um, hurt his shoulder. Oh, right. Rob Kleinendorf had to come in and yeah. take over this role. Yeah. And apparently it was something he had done 10 years before yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And he was just like, okay, Rob, you got to dance this thing you danced 10 years ago. Like, yeah. how much rehearsal do you need? And he was telling me, and this yeah. is, you know, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Rob. Yeah. Was like, no, I didn't need any rehearsal. Yeah. I was well, like, just let's do it. Like, yeah, th- I own this dance. Right. <laughs> Is it, do you feel that way? Okay. So I, <clears throat> I'll do a little bragging for a second. Okay. I had to go <laughs> into 
someone's part. Um, I won't mention the name because, you know, yeah. it's just like whatever. I had to go into someone's part in a dance I'd never done before in my life. And I knew this person wasn't doing well. Right. So I had my costume on during the dance. This was at Lincoln Center in, in New York. So I had my costume on during the dance, <clears throat> just expecting like maybe something's going to happen. I got to yep. be ready. I got to know my understudy. Sure enough, end of the first section, this person says, I can't, you got to go on. So I, Saturday night, Lincoln Center, full house. I'm out there doing a dance I've never done before. And it's not an easy dance, first of all. There's a lot of crazy traffic patterns and, and I did it, but that's the job. Yeah, that's the to job. be able to jump in. <clears throat> right, and, and while that's not really like, we shouldn't do that. You know, like that's sort right, of like, right. the, that's like the, the emergency situation. Yeah, exactly. Like that's really, but this person was but the really fact hurting. That very few people in the audience probably even realized it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and that was the second time I did that. I did it again in my first year where I just jumped into a dance and it was all partnering. See, that's cr- See, I look at this stuff in the same way. Like uh, when I was in high school, I used to play a lot of classical piano, right? This was yeah. like my thing. And, you know, you learn a 17 or 20 page piece, some, you know, like 20, you know, 15 that minute piece. blows my mind. Well, in the same way, right? That like, I, there are people who will learn that and actually st- still be reading the work on the paper. Yeah. I would never, I was terrible sight reading. I mean, I could sight, I could okay. read to learn the piece, yeah. but I couldn't just sight read a piece. So for me, it was, I'm using the music to learn the muscle memory. Okay. And then it was muscle memory from there on in. The problem is, is that if you're in a piece and you're playing in your flow uh-huh. and it may be measure to measure when you're learning it, but then it becomes mm-hmm. larger phrases. And I'd imagine it's the same way with dance mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, it's these moves and this move. Yeah. And then I go, but then as time goes on, it's 20 second sections that are sort of one motion. Uh-huh. And if you stopped yeah. in the middle of that and said, no, start in the middle of this one phrase. It's okay. really hard to start in the middle of that phrase because you never really think about starting in the middle of that phrase. You always start uh-huh. at the beginning of the phrase. Does right, that make right. any sense? Yeah, yeah. I totally, I totally get what okay. you're saying. So I look at, I, and people would say, how can you play 20 minutes of stuff without no having anything in front I of know, you? I know, I know. It blows my mind that people I look do at that. you guys up on stage and I think, how can you dance for three hours or whatever the hell it is? <laughs> yeah, And I'll hours. know, you know, what the hell's going on. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I don't know. I, I think, personally, I think... Piano players, <clears throat> I admire that muscle memory more because the muscles of the hands are much smaller than the muscles of the body. I mean, yeah. like you're talking about, there, there is a muscle memory and, you know, I can probably today still go into a dance like Arden Court because I did it so many times, but it's a full body experience. Right, right. Whereas <clears throat> with piano, there's all these tiny little muscles in the hands that, I mean, you know, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I've heard this like from you and from a lot of piano players. Like if you're not practicing all the time, yep. the piano, yeah, um, you can lose it pretty fast. Right? Oh yeah. 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 yeah I mean like muscle control and, and like uh-huh. just overall, you know, I had to right. play for some stuff a few months ago uh-huh. and I actually started and it was like, you know, pop songs, but yeah, still yeah, yeah. if you're not using those muscles, it's, right. you know, suddenly your forearm is, is, yeah, and also the pressure and how yeah, quickly it depends you press on the down keyboard on the... and it depends on the or the piano. Yeah, right, you know what I mean? Right. Like that's all yeah. a big difference. Um, that's just crazy. To yeah, me. it's weird. All right, so you're there, you're dancing, your years are ticking by, mm-hmm. as it were. Yeah. Does it feel like years are ticking by, or does it feel like you're on a roller coaster and you're just kind of rolling for a decade or more? Um, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um. Do you mean? Well, I don't think the years ticked by in the way that I felt, I felt like I was growing as an artist. I was taking more risks. I also had this interesting thing that happened to me. Um, 
which I felt like helped me get out of my box and take more risks. Um, my first year in the company, we were performing at city center and I just, as a rule, never really read reviews during a season. And someone had come up to me and said, have you read the reviews? Um, you know, and I said, no. And this person said, you should, the reviewers love you. And so, and so I, I read, and there was all these reviewers had said amazing things about me. Jennifer Dunning, who was, that was was her last year reviewing the New York times. She said something like I was a virtuoso star and just like blown away. It was my first year in the company. How amazing. Wow. Like this is like a great place to start second year, third year, fourth, nothing. (laughs) It was like, Really? Crickets. I mean, maybe like a little blurb about like, he was in this thing. Year and then. Right, right. So like nothing, you know? I mean, in, in 2009, um, uh, two th- yeah, in 2009, I was um, featured as one of the 25 to watch okay. in Dance Magazine. Yeah. And that was a cool honor, but like nothing. But what was great about that was that it gave me, I felt like, and this is obviously the wrong yeah, no, no, no. notion, but I felt like no one was watching me. If no one's watching me, I can do whatever I want. Oh, interesting. When when yeah. you weren't getting noticed. When I wasn't getting You noticed. felt like you could take more chances. Yeah. Which is interesting. You'd think that it would be the other way around where it's like, oh, they say I'm good. I guess I am good. I'm going to like really mm. give it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's this confidence boost thing that happens. I felt like for me, it would have been more, I, I, I would have, if I had gotten more reviews that were really, you know, glowing, um, I don't know. I, f- I, I feel like I may have been more um, cognizant of it and it would have affected me. So maybe it was a good thing that I didn't get a lot of good stuff because no, I really felt like a sense of freedom. At first I was kind of like, oh, this is weird. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to get used to this. And, and then do, like nothing else over the years. Do the, the reviews and, matter? Does that stuff matter? I mean, I know it matters yeah. to like, you know, there's ego involved. Yeah. Is it the kind of thing where like, no, people aren't going to buy tickets because the review was mediocre or the review was great or, you know what I mean? Like, is, is there actual stuff in there or is it all just sort of, uh, 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 what is the term of, um, you know, like everyone yelling at each other inside of like a little box, you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. Um, I don't know. That's uh, like the, it's a big deal in the dance world, but it doesn't extend beyond the dancers and the, in the, in the reviewers. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I feel like as as a dancer, if you want to have um, like notoriety when you leave the major company you're with, having a lot of reviews from critics, just little quotes, yeah. is helpful. You can put on your website and you can oh, say, sure. this is, yeah, look, yeah, I'm, yeah. look, I'm a great dancer. All these people yeah. think so, you yeah, know, yeah, over yeah, the yeah. years. Joe Schmo um, in 2009 said I was one of the 25 to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, so... I, that I think that's maybe it kind of matters to some people. Sure, yeah. But um, I think I don't know. I I I'm I'm such a hypocrite because I don't read reviews and I don't trust reviews when they come out for Taylor. Um, but I, if something is getting a good review somewhere else for another dance company or another show or an art, right. you know, an art gallery or whatever, right. um, then I'll go. Or if it's like. You know, yeah. if, if it's not getting a, reviews are so interesting because it's one person's opinion and like, who, yeah. who cares? Like, right. you should go see it if you want to see it. If and it those reviewers you. have given bad reviews to albums and dances and photographs and yeah. movies that w- were fantastic. Yeah, that, exactly. You know, that other people thought were fantastic. Or, exactly. You know, or beloved. Yeah. yeah. Like they, they're not, in, and I feel a lot of times like reviewers, I'm going to totally get blacklisted for that, for this. I feel like a lot of reviewers speak as if it's a fact 
Do you sure. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to well, like, this is my, right. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I feel like this is, it's, it's as opposed to, this is my experience, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and not this sort of all knowing authoritative yeah. fact-based review. I hadn't thought of that. So it's, it's, it bugs me. And okay. So when I met you, mm-hmm. you had just started Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm. You had just started taking pictures backstage. It was around oh, that time, yeah. right? It was like yeah. the mid. Yeah, late, actually, it was 2000s. that same year because I my dad died in '08, and now we had this you know moment of um, I have to do what I love in yeah. every aspect, you know. So I I bought a camera in 2009, like January. Because the there's time backstage. Because <clears throat> you were seeing things you wanted to to record. Like yeah. where was the original impetus? All of that, or yeah, yeah. I I I was just so enamored and surprised by the love and support that people were showing each other backstage right? Um, for this company in particular, because I'd been, you know, with a few other companies and it wasn't like this. It wasn't warm like this. And, um, but there was also struggle. There was drama. There was speed. And, and um, I just wanted to capture the humanity of people backstage because I feel like <clears throat> my idea was that like, dancers are, the superheroes of our modern age, right? Like the, you know, we're the, I'm totally, this is just my opinion, but gladiators, for instance, were like the heroes of of the ancient Greek uh, Roman age, you know? Um, I think recently dancers have have been elevated to the status of these are, these are our superhumans yeah. and we should celebrate They're them. beautiful. They have all these athletic abilities yeah. that none of us have. They're flying through the air. Right. Like all these kinds of stuff. Right. Yeah. But they're also human. So yeah. where, where's the human aspect? It comes, it comes backstage. It, it, it's revealed backstage. Right. But, um, but it also came from, there was a lot of stuff to this, but it also came from, you know, we, we, even more than our dancers, we hero eyes are, professional athletes sure football players yeah, basketball players yeah. make millions and millions of dollars yeah. but we get to see them choke or you sure. know put their hands on their knees and you know sweat and look tired and <clears throat> grimace you don't get to do that as a dancer on stage no right. one you, no one sees you do that yeah. you see that when you go backstage and you let it all you know just oh, your feet are bleeding your feet are yeah, bleeding yeah, yeah. yeah you're all bruised up you know <laughs> yeah yeah nobody knows what's going on and you know a, 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 when you're on stage. Right, right, right. How so, much, yeah, twisted ankle, yeah, bad knee. Exactly, exactly. I, I, you know, friends of ours have had hip replacements and all kinds of uh-huh. crazy stuff, right? I mean, like... Torn meniscus. Yeah, and, in, in their 30s or their late like, 20s, right? Yeah, I mean, this is yeah. this is a dangerous stuff to be doing. Right, and you're not out there with, like, little labels that say, I have a torn meniscus, I have a yeah. torn rotator cuff, I have yeah. this, but, you know... And I just think, not that I'm... I'm whining about it or I'm complaining. I just think it's, I think it would be interesting for um, the social subconscious to understand that these dancers are not just out there to, you know, please and entertain like they're people and they have, they they go through struggles physically. Yeah. Yeah. That that professional athletes go through also, but we still got to get out there and dance and get paid like a tiny fraction of what the yeah, professional I, I also made. think that it's interesting having getting to know people in a particular company like you guys where I'm like <laughs> friends with two thirds of the people yeah, who are yeah. now in the company where I can look at them and I can see them as individuals is like oh there's that woman or that man doing that thing on that stage mm-hmm. and you see them as the individuals no longer as 
yeah. a one of a cog out of 16 or right. 18 people right i see them as priests doing this yeah you see Iran doing that yeah i see them as yeah. the people that i know and their yeah. character that they have yeah and i think that's just getting to know them as people and sort of saying oh yeah that's how that person acts when <laughs> right they're over for dinner or whatever right, right. so that's right um all right so you're backstage you're taking pictures yeah were you taking pictures when you were supposed to be in the dance as well? Like, were oh, there times no. when you were like, walk off stage, grab the thing, snap, snap, snap? No. Okay, I got to jump back in. I mean, part of part of the reason was that my second year, in, uh, second year, third year in the company, I was, I just felt like I wasn't, I wasn't dancing enough. So usually, in your first couple of years in the company, you're not in like a, a super ton of stuff. You're in more support role. Yeah, like you're doing up. like a bunch of understudies yep. and you're, you know, ensemble. And sometimes you get like a featured role. Um, generally the consensus in, in Taylor is that there's, uh, there's no ensemble dancers. There's no principal dancers. They're all ensemble dancers. They're all principal dancers. That's not totally true, but that's kind of the way yeah, there it are works. people who get more solos than others yeah, or whatever. Totally, right? Of course, totally. that's, there's always going to be a hierarchy of some kind. Right. So I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was dancing enough and I, I still wanted to be creative. So I, I picked up a, a rebel or something and, um, and I started shooting backstage and discovering what that experience was like. And, and um and eventually i got a better camera and a better lens and i explored more and then the iphone came out and i didn't have to carry my heavy right <laughs> lens and heavy camera uh on tour i could just you know shoot with the phone which is was that what you did awesome. most of the time on tour uh yeah yeah the, most of the time it was with the iphone and the 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 low light capabilities were good enough yeah it was great because actually there's a you know the stage lights coming off yeah shadows are really black but the bright stuff is really bright yeah so that was fun that was really fun to capture and then every once in a while you get like a soft light where you could get like a nice portrait of someone sure yeah um but those were fun but i i I mean i i liked the images i did with my iphone i just i think the image the images that i got out of my um slr were right they were just better from what i wanted to do you know yeah um, if I want to reproduce them and make them big, you know, it's interesting. A lot, most of the pictures that I've seen that you've taken backstage are where it feels like you're sitting on the floor five feet away from the people uh-huh. or standing behind them a few feet away. Yeah. Wide angle, pretty close. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're shooting across the stage at somebody in the wings on the other side. Yeah. It's yeah. you people from behind of some way, whether their faces are turned right. towards you or away or, you right. know what I mean? Like where you're, yeah catching glancing light along somebody and that kind of right, stuff right i love the rim light, the rim light yeah I, I again i i was just really i'm i am really interested in the in the humanity of people yeah. when they're when they're caught off guard and yeah i could get so much um backstage so much so much drama so much um interaction you know people making other people laugh yeah or um, rehearsing something, you know, backstage and like just the right light. Or, right. You know, there's always like really interesting lights backstage that you can, you know, you can get someone like passing through a crossover. Or, right, right, right. Um, and those moments were always interesting to me because when you're in, a, when you're focused in a dance, your, your, your focus is, is uh, it's just tack sharp. And those moments were so special to me. I just wanted yeah. to like, What's that about? And also it, relationships. Like it kind of reminds me of the, you ever see the book that Matthew Modine did when he was making Full Metal Jacket? No. Matthew Modine like carried a camera around while making Full Metal Jacket. There's a book oh. of all of his photographs that he took on nice. set. And in some ways, see that. this is kind of interesting. It's similar kind of thing, right? Yeah. Where you're you're there primarily as a dancer, mm-hmm. 
but like in your downtime, you're also capturing the spinning thing that's zooming around you. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of a really interesting thing. Mostly black and white. Uh, where, yeah, where mostly do you land on that. Mostly black and white because the color doesn't add that much. Doesn't look like anything. The colors of the light mess around too much. Like what is for me? It was the colors of the light, but I was also more interested in the shadow and the toning. Sure. For you know, for what was going on backstage. Yeah, and um, I felt like I got a, a nicer quality image that was black and white. Um, as opposed yeah. to plus for me black and white um noise is less of an issue in black and white people yeah don't care as much you yeah can always add more grain. exactly like it looks <laughs> it, looks like it actually kind of looks good you know yeah, yeah, like yeah. sometimes i'll add grain to sure. a photo but uh for me also black and white um connotes the sense of memory and right. for me um i have a really bad memory so this was my way of like collecting my people so oh, that interesting. I, I could take them with me when I'm gone. Yeah. So five years from now, I can look back on these images and think of these special experiences I had with these people backstage or on yeah, stage, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? So it was very personal too, for me. Um, cause I love these people dearly. And I always knew every time I was shooting them that I was going that this particular photograph I was taking was, I was going to miss this person. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I, um, I spent some time with, um, Javier Munoz, the guy who plays oh, yeah. Hamilton now. Yeah. Is he done now? He might be done. Anyway, the guy who was playing Hamilton after you did his portrait, Lynn played. Right? I played his, I did his portrait for the 365 series, but I also shot at him for a magazine before that, which is how right. I met him. Yeah. And I remember talking to him and, and kind of saying, um, hey, uh, you know, how does it feel to be like the toast of the town right now? <laughs> I, you know, and, and he said, you, you know, it's great. It's fun. Yeah. You know, he had, he went through a bout of cancer. You know what mm. I mean? He had been through like, you know, personal things and whatever. He had been a big star when In the Heights was, you know, he was involved in that. Oh, right. his first musical. Yeah. So he's sort of like been up and down. And then there were years in between when, you know, you're working on Hamilton, you're there, but yeah. like no one cares, right? Because right? this is right. like the way the world goes, the zeitgeist of everything, right? Like it's yeah. lost and... So there's these like ups and downs and like oh, knowing. And he, one of the I'd things he said, he said, like, I love the idea that I can appreciate the glow of all this stuff right now. And the fact that everyone, you know, kind of wants a piece of me. These are, mm -hmm. you know, not verbatim words, but yeah, like, yeah. he's like, I can see it as for what it is, which is, you know, fleeting and kind of fun without getting lost in, oh my God, I have to hold on to this so hard. He yeah. goes, I know it's going to go away. Yeah. It went away before it's. Yeah come back yeah. it'll probably go away again and it'll yeah. probably come back that like trying to ride that wave as opposed to trying to grab onto that water and hold onto it mm -hmm. which is impossible yeah yeah do, do you see that is part of your thing like you know it's like oh i danced in this amazing company for 13 yeah. years and then i decided to leave yeah well i always knew i, I always knew that when I got into this company, there would be an end and I would have to figure out a, yeah. a, a transition a something else. Can't You can't <clears> dance until <throat> you're 60 years old. Unfortunately, Some I can't dance until I'm 60 yeah. years old. A lot of people do. Um, yeah. Not at the intensity that, you know, you're, you're required of, at Taylor, but um, yeah, definitely. I, I've, I've always felt this is going to come from a really unexpected source, but I was watching an interview with Jay Leno when I was in high school and he said something that, really like stuck in my head forever you know he said <clears throat> somebody asked him kind of the same question that you're saying you know like how do you feel about being the toast of whatever late night and he goes 
it's great, but this could be taken away from me at any moment. Anybody, right. there's, there are several other comedians who could do this job and yeah. do it just as well or who would, better. Who would kill me to take it from yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. And he was just, the way he had so much grace for what he was doing and yeah. recognizing that it could all be gone tomorrow because yeah. something could happen to him physically or whatever, um, whatever else that, that life can throw at you. Um, that's like, I think that's one of the most important things to have as a performer. Like this, you can be in this position, but it's not going to last forever. So it, it, I think it helps you discover and figure out who you, who you are, who you want to be. Right. Um, cause you, you can't identify yourself with the, like Taylor. I was with Taylor for 13 years. I, it was hard for me to separate and not identify myself as a Taylor person, a Taylor dancer. I'll always be a Taylor dancer in a sense. Yeah. But I, that's not me. Who am I? Why am I there? I'm there to develop as an artist. And how can I do that while giving Paul's work the... the Giving it my all without getting subsumed by... Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Without getting caught up in my own selfish pursuit of being a creator or whatever. Right. Right. Um, but... Yeah, and you know, so that was always in your head. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, and that's why I I recognize that. So that's why taking photographs was so special to me because I knew at some point I was going to miss these people. I was going to miss these relationships, but you know, it would. So there was a sense of nostalgia and sentimentality when I was shooting, and and um, the photography was all yours. Yeah. And you had a yeah. unique perspective. You the, can't get exactly, backstage. I mean, exactly. I mean, as you're, you know, you know from tr- dance, you know, photographing other companies and stuff yeah. now. Yeah. They don't want people backstage, or they can't, or there's mm-hmm. legal reasons, or yeah. insurance reasons, or yeah. technical directors and want a, somebody backstage who's, you know, right, got right, a camera right. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm. <laughs> it makes me. Um, Hi, Laura. I'm about to talk about you, but it's, uh, it makes me jealous. Laura is still there and she's still photographing. She's a friend of mine in the company. Sure. She's, she's shooting, she just takes beautiful pictures on her iPhone. Yeah. And, um, and I wish I was still there photographing. I don't need to dance there anymore, but <laughs> I'd love right, to be right, there. Right, right. I'd love to be everywhere in every dance company backstage photographing yeah. now. And, um, that's a, that's a future project with a lot of hoops to jump through, but, right. um, hopefully someday that'll happen. Um, so Last year you decided to leave. Mm-hmm. This you finished July. up in June of July thirty first was my last day. July, <clears throat> and um, so I mean, you, as we were saying with gymnasts, mm-hmm. they're nineteen years old. They got to figure out something else to do. Yeah, and they got to grow like three inches too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody put them right. on a stretch. You know, dancers get to their mid thirties or mid forties or uh-huh. mid fifties in the case of some people, probably. <laughs> um. They retired. They got to figure out something to do. Now you have the photography thing. Uh-huh. Do you see that as, no, this is definitely what I'm doing. How do you merge that with dance? Like obviously dance was, it was probably 80, 20 mm-hmm. for the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. Is it now 60, 40 is, <sighs> you know what I mean? Like how do you, how do you imagine the shift happening and, and, and what's, what's the plan as much as you can, not that you know yeah. what the plan is. No, you put me on the spot, Bill. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's something I'm working out right now. Do you now. think about it that way though? Uh, or do you think about them as one thing? I think here's the thing. Every time I've, I've pulled away from dance, yeah. it's found some way to pull me back in. Yeah. It's been the rule of my life for the last 18 years since I've been in New York. Right. And <clears throat> I've, I've learned to just like accept it <laughs> and yeah. you know, I'm still, 
I, I have an affinity and a love for teaching that I've discovered in the last year. Right. And um, I enjoy it. People have told me they like my classes. So I'd like to explore that more. I want to keep teaching. Um, I did start choreographing just small, tiny little things um, a few years ago. And, and that I'm really interested in that. I want to stay curious about that. Is that the kind of thing where dancers when they're younger are either the people who kind of want to become choreographers or the people who want to kind of stay dancers. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, is yeah. that a distinction that people make? Yeah, I think so. I think some people have a, have an impulse to create and others have an impulse to just express to someone perform. else's yeah. and perform someone else's um, notion and idea. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, I think um, in my case, I was really feeling like because of earlier what I was telling you, like, Oh, I have this new sense of freedom because no, nobody's watching me. I'm going to like, do my own thing yeah. and be wild on stage. And, um, uh, that what came with that was realizing that, Oh, I do have an interesting, I think I have an interesting voice and an interesting style that I want to develop more and investigate more yeah. of. So, and trying to find that underneath layers of other people's dance that you've been doing for a decade and a half. Exactly. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I, I left Taylor because I felt like, I was developing, my movement was developing in a way that every time I would do Taylor, I'd take two, three steps back where yep. I couldn't really like listen to myself because I was devoting myself to one person's style and one person's work. Yeah. And I respect Paul, so I wanted to do his work yeah. justice. But I, at, at some point I, would, I just realized like, I need to, for me, I need to like get out and like, you know, and you were the one who was like, you ever choreograph? And I'm like, I was like, no, no, no. And you said, <laughs> you should. Do you remember telling me that? I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had that was like a, that was a big that was a big shift in my brain at one really? point. Really? Yeah. And then of course your your podcast like on taking pictures. Now that we're interesting. Know, now that we're all getting mushy about Bill. It is. No. It. it yeah. I mean, I didn't just, think about it before then, but then I I was like, yeah, maybe I'll try something, and I made a duet with Anne Maria Mazzini, another former Taylor dancer. Right. And I realized, oh, like there's something here. It wasn't a great dance. It was a little duet, you know. But there was something about it where I felt like, okay, there, there's a like, there's a tear in the fabric of you know sure, space yeah, time yeah, where yeah, I can yeah. like, I can see myself doing something. And there, there is, I mean, as somebody who used to perform other people's work mm -hmm. myself, mm -hmm. it's a very different thing than starting with a blank piece of paper, yeah, and saying, what do you want to do? Yeah, and you have to like make a first mark, whatever that is. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is a very different sensation being on that side of that line. Yeah. Um, it's intimidating. And, it, and when you look at that, do you, do you, do you think when you, um, if, if you're in that situation, do you think and go, Oh God, now I have even more respect for Paul and all. Oh these other yeah. People. Oh, way more and way more tolerance for like something that I don't particularly yeah. like yeah. that I think might be yeah. bad, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, Oh, yeah. well, at least that person's putting themselves out yeah. there. Yeah. You know, I had a, a completely chance conversation with this guy, Gus Solomons jr. He's this, he's, he's been a dance legend for ever. He's probably in his seventies or something, but he still dances and he's incredible, incredible person to talk to. You should actually interview him. Okay. <laughs> it's great. Um, he, um, I happened to be sitting next to him at a dinner once with a friend. It was like just five of us and then right. Gus and I sitting next to each other. And, and I was asking him a lot about creating and, 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 you know, we were talking about this and he said, yeah, you, you just got to push. You just gotta, you just gotta keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep, keep hacking at it, you know, chipping away at the, 
at the stone because eventually something will happen. Maybe you're going to be exhausted. Maybe you're going to be sick, yeah. you know, but you have to keep pushing. And I think, I, I think as humans, we have to keep giving in some way or another. Um, so part of creating is also like giving and connecting with people because at some point, you know, like I can't have a conversation with everybody in the world, but we might have something in common. We might be going through some struggle sure. together, a similar struggle, and I might connect with that person and maybe it'll help them. You know, I don't know. Right. It's happened to me where I've seen someone's work and felt like, oh, th that makes and that makes sense to me. And yeah. I feel like I can I have a different perspe perspective on this issue that I'm going through. So it's, I, why wouldn't the inverse be true to, uh, also? You know, yeah. I could give yeah. myself a little credit that I might be able to connect with someone. Yeah. I think it's a responsibility and and uh, for artists sometimes to do that. <sighs> too much? No, Did it's I go amazing. too far? <laughs> uh, Cisco, thanks. This Dude, this is awesome. Yeah, I feel so fancy. See, now I know like the uh, the uh, the backstory. Ah, oh, you know it so much. You know too much. You're next. <laughs> it's dangerous. You're next. You should interview yourself. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's go get some dinner. All right. Hey, I'm hungry. <laughs>